the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Friend, when you're tempted to believe that you are the pawn of a meaningless game of destiny and somehow your life doesn't matter, don't surrender to that thought for a second. Because your life matters. God will manipulate what may be negative circumstances in your life to make a huge difference in someone else's life. That is Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today's message with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled, The Butler and the Baker. We brought to you the first portion of this, the last time we were together. We will conclude this message now. Thank you so much for listening today. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Don't forget the worship service is held every Saturday at 11 o'clock, and you are always welcome. The broadcast is also streamed live at reachinghearts.org slash video. We'll have details on that and more as we continue with today's broadcast. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Dreams have wings that lift you up and move you forward in life. They can take you out of jail. Verse 7. So he, that's Joseph, asked Pharaoh's officers, that's the butler and the baker, who were with him in custody in his master's house. Here's the question. Why are your faces downcast today? Pastor Joseph is looking into the welfare of his congregants in prison. The Hebrew reads literally, why are your faces evil today? That's a rough question to ask. He looks at them. They're looking like the storm blowing about, you know, hurricane or whatever. And the dream is troubled. He says, why are your faces evil today? They probably looked at him. What are you talking about? When you allow storms of life to overtake your life, so that your trouble defines you, then you have surrendered to evil in your life. So why are your faces evil today? Friend, we all have trouble. We all have circumstances. But God would not have the peace of Jesus removed by the trouble in your life. Paul warned us about letting trouble get out of hand in our minds. Look at Hebrews 3 verse 12. Take care, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to do what? What does the text say? To do what? To fall away from the living God. So when you allow the negativism of the external world to become your negative internal world, it has become evil for you and it can lead to you falling away from the living God. But look at the answer in verse 13. But exhort one another, how long? What does it say? Every day. That means we need to be in the encouraging business. As long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by this deceitfulness of sin. For we share in Christ if only we hold our first confidence firm to the end. Joseph, with concern, asked the question, why are you troubled today? He cares about these men. Pastor Joseph knew something quite profound was in play. He knew that trouble is the stuff of now. Not yesterday or tomorrow, but now. And that in the now of a person's life, in the now of their present challenge, 
There are reasons for that trouble. And if you love that person, you slow down, you care enough to hear them and to listen to them. A great leader must always learn to listen. Now, some of us have better abilities than others. I don't have great listening abilities. I have to stop, be deliberate, because my mind works kind of like a freight train. My wife will tap me on the shoulder, honey, they're talking. Oh, okay, yeah. But, you know, I try to listen. And I take correction if I mess up like that. We all have different levels of giftedness in this area. But one thing you can't replace is a concern to hear, a desire to care. That is the stance of listening. And you will never get to the bottom of someone's issues if you don't take time to listen to them. So Joseph inquired of the butler and the baker to see how they were doing today. That's the day that matters. Right now, the trouble that you're in. Joseph could have been preoccupied with himself in the long wait, since he was also in prison that day, day after day, in the long wait that turns into a pit and a trap that is the ultimate jail, the circle of time, the circle of the mundane. But Joseph was a free man in Pharaoh's prison because Joseph lived for others in the jail that was named the house of the circle. Whatever his circle was, he drew a circle that didn't shut people out, that brought them in. Verse 8, they said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? How many of you are looking at that verse with me? What does it say? What's the question? Do not what? And that word is the same word for meanings. Do not meanings belong to what? God. Tell them to me, I pray you. He's saying, look, God has a meaning in this dream you've just received. I can share with you the meaning because guess what? God's in jail with me. God and I have been hanging out for a long time here and we don't have to listen to him. That's why it's important for us to have our personal time with God, our closed away, shut away time with God so we can then hear the voice of God to help others in our life. God has appointed the prophets for the giving of dreams. And God has also appointed the prophets to explain the dreams. When God gives a prophet an explanation of a dream, friend, no philosopher, king, theologian type can improve upon that interpretation sent by God. When a prophet says this prophecy means this, you can bank on it. It's the word of God. A theologian will often muster his or her hermeneutics, his ideas, his systematic theologies to argue against the very words of the prophets, against the meanings that are meant to be practical and clearly understood. Friend, we are better off just believing the prophets and ignoring those who would call themselves theologians who don't know what the prophets know and never can because they are not called of God in that way. Second Chronicles 20 verse 20 says, believe his prophets and so shall ye prosper. Do you see that verse with me? Believe his prophets and so shall ye prosper. How many of you want to prosper in life? Okay, I hold in my hand the Bible. Who wrote the Bible? The prophets. Believe the Bible, you'll prosper. We've been given an installment of the spirit of prophecy in the remnant church at the time of the end. I mean, don't ignore the book Patriarchs and Prophets, Desire of Ages, Great Controversy, Early Writings. Believe the prophets and you will prosper. In fact, when I see a minister of the gospel in our denomination stand up in the presence of other church members or leaders and start denigrating the prophet of the remnant church or acting like she doesn't have a clue what she's doing or God worked with her in spite of the fact she's a mess and all this stuff, I feel like standing up and saying, sit down. Who are you? 
to challenge the testimony of Jesus at this time of earth's history. God has called us to submit to the prophets because God has called us to be saved. I need every bit of God's instruction in my life. Yes, we must use our minds to understand it, but we must never use our minds to enter a road of unbelief whereby we cannot benefit from the testimony of Jesus. Look at verse 9 here, Genesis 40. So the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Not a very long dream. That's the dream. And notice how long it takes Pastor Joseph to respond by interpreting each element with meaning. He doesn't say, well, give me three weeks. I'm going to study this thing out. And when I finally get the answer, I'll get back with you. Got to look at the deep hermeneutics. Got to see how these symbols were used in the past. You know, Joseph's a prophet. He doesn't need that kind of downtime. Verse 12, then Joseph said to him, right away, this is its interpretation. Notice he doesn't say, well, it could be this way or it might be that way. It could be a conditional prophecy. Let's try to understand conditional prophecies. It could be anything. He says, this is it. Now, when a prophet says, this is it, it's time to realize this is it. He goes on, the three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his butler. That's what it means. That's a good outcome for the butler. If you were the butler, would you like prophecy? Yes or no? Come on. I need a vote. Yep, butler liked that prophecy. But what about Joseph, who's still in prison? Look at verse 14. Joseph now gets personal with the butler. But remember me when it is well with you, and do me the kindness, I pray you, to make mention of me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. Remember the house of the circle, the circle of the mundane, the place that's going around and around and around. He's get me out of this place. Verse 15, for I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. Joseph has been suffering injustice since he left his father's house, And his past efforts and his best intentions have never worked out well for him, it seemed. He says pitifully, remember me. How easy it is to forget the unpopular person who was the very one that God used to get you ahead in life. How easy that is. Remember me means I made a difference in your life. Please make a difference in mine. When you are in a position of influence, don't forget me. Grateful people get ahead in God's time. But the ungrateful kind quickly move on, and their lives matter not to God or men in the end because they have left kindness far behind. Loyalty to a friend matters in life. I'm going to tell you, my son's in the military, and one of the mottos of the Rangers is, you leave no one behind. You leave no one behind. When someone falls ill in the church, when someone has a sudden trauma, it is our business to leave no one behind. We must leave no one behind, period. And to be kind. That's what Joseph is asking. Don't leave me behind. Joseph says, tell Pharaoh and get me out of this house. I'm trapped in the prison that is the house of the circle, the circle of the mundane. And I want to see the light of freedom also. I want to look at the sunrise. I want to see the sunset. I want the long wait to be over for me. It's a long wait. I came a boy. I'm a man. 28 years of age now. Two years before 30. We can 
figure out his age based on when he gets out, when he gets married. Joseph says, I was stolen from my father's house, so get me out of this house. I did no wrong to come here, but I'm here. This is not home for me. Help me. Be kind to me. The baker showed no interest in sharing his dream until he saw that good things can come from dreams. The baker represents the opportunist who will use anything and anyone to get ahead. Yes, Joseph interprets the dream. It turns out good. Please, let me share my dream with you too. Verse 16. So he uses Joseph. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, that's the key phrase, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. Again, Joseph knows the meaning of the dream right away because prophets can do that kind of thing. They can figure it out in a hurry. Don't be afraid of a quick answer from a prophet's head and a prophet's mouth. They can speak for God on the moment. God speaks through them. Verse 18, and Joseph answered, This is its interpretation or meaning. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. Wow, that's different than the butler's dream. Bakers and butlers were taste testers in ancient Egypt. That was their role, to taste something before the king did. Joseph shows no pity for the baker because Joseph no doubt knew that the baker was guilty of some nefarious intent or crime. His stance is different than it was for the butler. Kings quickly die if they are poisoned, and you must always be able to trust the butler and the baker if you are a king. If you can't trust them, you're in trouble. For the chief butler, three branches represent three days because time is a divine opportunity that grows like a branch from the vine of the larger trunk of time in which God is in control and grace is at the end of the game. But for the chief baker, the three baskets represent three days that are going nowhere, like baskets, round containers that are full of nothing. They don't grow. They just become stagnant. In time, you have to empty them. Time is ticking, and day one comes, then day two, and finally the third day arrives in the journey of the long wait. The third day is Pharaoh's birthday, we learn in the story. Anybody have a birthday this week? It's the day for a good birthday cake, but this baker will not provide it because his life has no value anymore to a king who can't trust him as a taste tester. When you can't trust the baker, you don't need his services or his birthday cake anymore. Verse 20, on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief butler and the head of the chief baker among his servants. So imagine this. He said, oh, by the way, I got these guys out of jail. Raise your head, gentlemen. They raised their head. And then verse 24, he restored the chief butler to his butlership and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief butler as Joseph had interpreted them. So he exalted him to hanging. You can try to twist the words of the prophets to turn them into maybes and perhaps in kind of statements which raise doubts. Smart people do that all the time, but not smart in God's eyes. But when the prophet's words are loosed by God from his or her mouth, they travel like arrows that will hit the target in the bullseye every time God's word will not be confounded. The chief baker was executed at the king's birthday party, just as Joseph had predicted. And the chief butler was exalted to his former position, just as Joseph had predicted.
We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. This chapter in Joseph's life ends with a birthday party for Pharaoh, with the butler who is happy and at home in the king's house again, above the ground of the house of the circle, the prison in the hole. I imagine if it was underneath Pharaoh's house, you could hear them partying, but Joseph isn't there. The butler has escaped from the long wait of the prison. That is the circle of the mundane where Joseph stays. He has escaped and he has quickly forgotten his prophet friend Joseph who helped him, Pastor Joseph, who helped him emerge from his fear to meet Pharaoh again. He's forgotten him. How quickly the successful people of our time forget the prophets today. It's no different. It is easy to forget the prophets to forget that we got here because of the prophets. Our church was not raised up accidentally. Our church was raised up on the wings of Bible prophecy. We were given the prophetic gift to propel us forward. How quickly it is that we can forget the prophets. How quickly the party lovers leave them far behind. How quickly the indifferent forget to remember the man of God, the man of virtue, locked away in prison. Joseph's life at this point becomes prophetic of what the prophets must endure to help us all. Verse 23 is just hanging at the end of the chapters. The sad part of the story quickly ended that no one notices as the party in the palace just goes on and on and on. The birthday party is going strong in Pharaoh's house. While Joseph lives all alone in the prison house, that is for him still the circle of the mundane. And thus the long wait drags on for the man of God who must live on with God in jail, him and God alone. Verse 23, here it is. It's just amazing how the story ends. Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Oh, it cuts it hurts to hear that. It hurts to read that. Tick-tock, tick-tock, the long wait sets in for the man that no one remembers anymore. Joseph's brother sold him into slavery, hoping he would die in a foreign land and be forgotten forever by his father and his mother. Potiphar put him away in prison, hoping that this injustice would bring comfort to his troubled wife in his insecure marriage in his home that was equally insecure. The butler who held the wine of gladness for the king, chose to forget Joseph so as not to spare a single drop of human kindness for the man who was his kind pastor in prison who appealed to him for kindness. Tick-tock, 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 the long wait sets in for Joseph who is forgotten by everyone on earth in the hole in the ground. The butler and the baker are gone. Tick-tock, tick-tock, the long wait sets in for Joseph that seems will never end. Tick-tock, tick-tock is loud if you are alone. When God sent Joseph to Egypt. He was but a boy in his journey to know God. But now he is a man, 28 years of age. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Life is slipping away. And for the dreamer of dreams, who once wore a coat of long sleeves and many colors, who danced in the presence of his father, the long wait has finally set in secure. 
And there is no color to a life in the darkness of the dungeon. And there is no father to be found but God. His father is gone. His brothers are gone. His family is gone. His old master is gone. And it would appear that he is gone. As they have all forgotten the dreamer of dreams. It's amazing that Joseph did not complain in the long wait. I would complain. That's my tendency to gripe a little bit. You ever gripe to God? God, why are you letting me go through this? You, know, you don't pray like that every now and then? Come on. <laughs> sure you do. There's no record that Joseph did that. He learned patience by the things he suffered. Joseph did not shake his fist at God because Joseph knew that God was in jail with Joseph. He didn't forget that. Joseph lost everything but the presence of God in his life. As the good son, Joseph waited for the day of God's favor and God's time and the long wait that leads to God's answer in life. Not yours, God's answer. How many times do we insist that we get things right now, that we get the answer to our prayers, we get the solution right now? You know, we fought for this church. It took years for God to give it to us in his time, didn't it? didn't happen in five minutes, six months. It happened when it was right for the community. It happened when it was right for us. We grew. And the future is alive in that way. We must wait for God's future and God's time. And so we all should wait on God. Everyone who follows Jesus Christ by faith should learn the principle of patience, of waiting. When we feel trapped in the prison, in the circle of the mundane, we should wait and value where we are at, where we can make a difference for God in the place that we live. I'd like to end with Psalms 37, 34 to 40. I think it captures from the scriptures Joseph's life, the promise of a new day that we'll talk about in future messages here. Psalms 37, 34. Wait for the Lord. That's how it speaks there in verse 34. Wait for the Lord and keep to his way. (laughs) You can't stay in God's way unless you wait for the Lord. You get out of God's way if you don't wait. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to possess the land. You will look on the destruction of the wicked. I have seen a wicked man overbearing and towering like a cedar of Lebanon. Again I passed by, and lo, he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found. Mark the blameless man, and behold the upright, for there is posterity for the man of peace. But transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The posterity of the wicked shall be cut off. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is the refuge in the time of trouble. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. He is the refuge in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them. Why? Because they take refuge in him. Are you in jail in your life? You feel trapped? You hate that job you're in? You can't stand the role you've been assigned in the church? You feel like your life is meaningless? <laughs> Someone's head's going like this. Well, guess what? You're just where God has called you to be. You're right where you need to be. You're where you can make a difference. Because in the circle of the mundane, there is meaning. Because that's where God speaks to you in prison so that you can make a difference in the lives of others you would never, ever be able to affect were you not faithful as Joseph was faithful in his prison experience. And so Joseph waited on the Lord for a new day in God's way and God's time. Dear heart, wait on the Lord. 
Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. There's a scripture in Revelation 14, 12 that describes those who will be saved after the mark of the beast struggle, who will stand victorious on the sea of glass in Revelation 15, who will stand before the Father with the Lamb on Mount Zion in Revelation 14. It says, here is the patience of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Jesus was patient with us. Let's be patient with Jesus in our lives. God bless you. Father, I just pray that we would let you have your way in our lives. How easy it is to be our own God. Thank you for the life of Joseph, Lord, the precious example of faithfulness to you in the worst kind of circumstances. And Lord, may we value where we're at. May we really value it. May we make a difference for your sake because you're with us. And may we never forget that you grow us just like you grew Joseph. He started out as a brat. We do too in our walk with you. We have bratty ways of interacting with you. And yet he ended up to be a noble, humble man who could wield the power of Pharaoh and save the world. Father, you're waiting on people at the time of the end who will be a humble people, not a boastful, Laodicean, self-righteous kind of people, but a group of people that will love the Word of God, that will obey the commandments of God, that will value the testimony of Jesus in their midst, and that will go home to glory because they are in the business of sharing their lives with all kinds of people in prison. Lord, the world is a big jail. It's a circle. It's a globe. It is the circle of the mundane. Give us meaning in our life to bring into the lives of people, men and women, who would never hear were it not for us speaking to them, for you. Thank you. Thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' name, amen. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland. 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. Reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. Reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening. And we do pray that God is reaching your heart. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.